This week's episode is brought to you by Yah, the movie. The digital copy is currently 50% off. The link to purchase is in the bio, or you can go to yahthemovie.com. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. So, um, well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, uh, just real quick, uh, welcome to My Favorite River, River Company Outfitters. We've got a real special guest. Uh, we've got Joel Winblad. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice work. Uh, Nobody ever gets it right. <laughs> awesome. So uh, we've got Joel. He's over in Golden, um, Colorado. And you said you just moved there in August, right? Yep. Just moved last August. So excited for our, our first full boating season here on the creek. Yeah, because August is probably the water is probably uh, pretty much gone by that point last summer. Yeah, last year for sure. Yeah. Um, awesome. So for those of you who don't know Joel, uh, he really pushed the limits in a raft. Um, we're going to post some cool videos along with this, this podcast. Um, but he also has the Yaw movie and we'll, we'll do a link for that as well. But uh, he does some stuff that you would think only a kayaker uh, and a crazy kayaker would do. Uh, so a crazy rafter, um, him and his buddies run some pretty cool um, gnarly uh, waterfalls and stuff like that. It's, it's pretty awesome to watch. I, I, I really enjoy it. Thanks, Dylan. I appreciate it. It's always good to hear that from other boaters. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, um, so Joe, we just wanted to, you know, learn a little bit more about you and how you, how you, you know, went from whatever your starting point was to what you're running now. Um, if if I, my first question is, is what was your introduction to whitewater? Um, I would have probably been 16 or 17, and uh, growing up in rural Arkansas. And really, I started as one of those river users that you hate to see, you know, in an aluminum canoe with no life jacket and no really idea of, of what I was doing. And that so Frog Bayou was my first probably rapids that I ever ran and class two, you know. Um, and, and usually when we're out there doing it, it's, it's, it's super low water, so you could usually see the bottom pretty yeah. minimal danger and whatnot, but that was my start. And, and, and my first time actually really. And I just, I didn't, I kind of just went to college and got taken away from it. When I graduated college, I had a friend named Jeff Dobbs who encouraged me to move out to Cleveland, Tennessee. And so the first, you know, I moved out there, I graduated in the winter, moved out there in February and started training to be a raft guide in March. Awesome. And so my real my real start in Whitewater would have been 2010 out on the Ocoee training to be a raft guide. Nice. That's as uh, you know, our 50 listeners uh, uh, know that's my favorite river. Um, but uh, what it'll what, always be one of my favorites, too, man. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, that middle section, I just, I could run that all day. Um, and I will this weekend. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I got to go out last fall, um, September. Nice. And sneak some runs in. And I, I got to guide some trips, my old company, Quest Expedition. And it was pretty special to get back with, um, you know, the people that taught me to be a rafter in it. I used to kayak. So, to, to run again with the guys that taught me to kayak and taught me to raft and, and taught me some about just growing up as a human being was, uh, was really neat. And, and I'm hoping to go back every fall. 
Awesome. Yeah. I mean, with the weather down here, you can kind of sneak some stuff in in September, October, and it's not even like I've gone in just a swimsuit in September. Um, is that where you worked the whole time you were at the Okoe was quest? Yeah. Uh-huh. Just at quest. And, uh, you know, I love those guys there. A lot of them have dispersed since then. Um, I feel like a lot of them are at ACE, uh, which is a newer company. But, you know, I were, I did some Merc trips at Adventures Unlimited and, oh, excuse me, Cascade. And so I, I know a fair amount of people yeah. back there. Floating around. Um, where, where did you go after uh, the Ocoee? Did you go guide somewhere else? Did uh, 2010 and 11 on the Ocoee. I moved to Winter Park, Colorado that fall. And uh, I really hated winter at the time. And, and sometimes I still do. I just moved to get a jump on the next rafting season, uh, not really knowing what I was getting into in Winter Park. So I worked for AVA on the Arkansas River and uh, worked the following summer for them on Clear Creek. And that was my four years of full-time, you know, dirt bagging and raft guiding and uh, I did, I worked for a little company called Redtail Rafting most of the next summer full-time. So I guess probably five years of commercial rafting in a row there. Nice. And uh, yeah, it's, I, I, I still do some, some part-time trips, um, weekends, you know, fill in here and there for friends out here. Um, and I, you know, I got to do some last fall for Quest. So I still like guiding. Yeah, I'm sure that, you know, all those companies you work for, if you're, you know, a good guide and you give them a call, I'm, I'm sure they have no problem finding you a trip every once in a while. Every now and then you just you just go have a beer at the outpost to chat and they're like, hey, I just put you on the schedule. <laughs> you can come back tomorrow. You're like, oh, yeah, I can probably come back tomorrow for some cash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that'll cool. work. And um, I'm, I'm always down to get, get a boating lap in where I get paid. Yeah, not as good yeah. as it gets. Um, what? Uh, where did life take you after that? Did uh, Did you go find a, a full time job? Kind of turned to a weekend warrior. Uh, I I got a full time job in Winter Park there, running a restaurant, and it was owned by a boater. So um, he treated me really well. Adam Hirschfeld there. We ran Elevation Pizza together for a number of years. I got married and subsequently divorced. You know, and that. Um, those were not my best boating seasons. I didn't get as many days those years, but since I got divorced, I fixed that. And so, um, yeah, you know, you, you, that's how, I guess, life goes. for me, I've learned a lot of my lessons in life the hard way. And that was just another one. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, always pushing down river. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I thought I could compromise more and, and now I realize that despite my best intentions, I'm just really not. River is going to be a, a full time part of my life somehow. So, gotcha. Um, and uh, at what point in 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 all this did you um, kind of start? I, I guess stepping it up a notch from the Akoi. You know, I, I guess the next step over here is like the Golly and stuff like that. But. Um, how did how did you transfer from you know five years of commercial guiding to running stuff that you know where you have to hike up a mountain, check the water, <laughs> and stuff like that? Like how did that transition happen? Um, 
Was it a buddy? <laughs> well, when I when I was a raft guide, I had aspirations of being a kayaker as well. And um, you know, I bought all the guidebooks and flipped through them, and I, I had big plans of running all this stuff in a kayak. And um, you know, while I was raft guiding, I always like to go out after work and progress my skills, whether that's like a fun run in the raft or in a kayak. And the Gali was the second river, you know, that I, of course, I was doing the Hiwassee on our off days and guiding some pigeon trips. Yeah. And that's when I kind of discovered that I, my passion was going to be different rivers as opposed to just staying on the Okoe, which I still love, you know, nothing, yeah. no, no, no bad words for the Okoe, but I just kind of realized, Hey, I'm going to, my passion is going to be running different rivers and, as I get better, I'll check these bigger runs off the list. I got into safety kayaking a little and was starting to progress there, but I hit my my head pretty bad, um, pretty severe concussion and staples in the whole nine. And I kept kayaking after that, but I never enjoyed it the same. And uh, it's a lot colder water out here in Colorado, so swimming was was a bigger deal. Yeah. Um, and when I quit guiding, really in, in all my boating, it, it set me back for a year because all my friends that boated were on a guide schedule. Yeah. You know, so when I had off work and went to boat, they were taking trips. And when they got off the river, they were exhausted. And I just kind of fell out of a crew, you know, so I didn't have anyone to kayak with. I was scared and, and just not enjoying it as much. And I was, um, like I said, not getting as many days as I would like due to my personal life. And that's when I, um, you know, I decided I need to pick kayak and a rafting and get all my days in one if I really want to get better. Uh, so I picked rafting. I knew more people to raft with. Um, and that was a big limiting factor, too. It's hard to get better at rafting if you don't have someone with the same relative you know, comparable skills and motivations and aspirations and schedule. You need someone with your same days off if you're going to meet up and, and work together a lot. Um, so I guess from like 2014 to 2016, I was just kind of floating without a crew. Um, and yeah, it's just kind of lost, not getting a lot of days in, you know, a year, 40, 50, 60 days a year. And then I did kind of find some other rafters that, that wanted to do what I wanted to do. And I uh, started being able to progress mostly R2ing. Yeah. On 2016 at, at the Gore race in 2016. Uh, so pretty much into the year, you mm -hmm. know, Tony Glassman that year we at Gore Fest, we were both doing the safety volunteer on the safety team there. And we hung out afterwards and realized that we had a lot of the same goals and aspirations. And uh, so that we started boating together a lot in 2017. And, um, you know, that from there, a little kind of a crew formed, which, which I think is a, the, the key component. You need skills, but you'll have a hard time building them without a crew and you'll have an even harder time using them without a crew that you trust. So one, once we kind of got a group of guys that had similar interests, I feel like that's when all of us started progressing in big chunks. 
Yeah, I um one of the cool things about the Yaw movie that uh, I want to talk about a little bit later is is you see um as I like dive deeper into kayaking and whitewater rafting and the history and everything like that, there's like the you know 80s and 90s progression of like these you see like kayakers in groups of four and five and they're like going out and they're running stuff and you see them like get better and better. Um, also as like video cameras get better, like they make the kayak stuff. Y'all, the y'all movie was the closest thing I've ever seen to rafters going and being like, Hey, you know, we're going to run this and then this, and like, it's going to get be hard to go to. It was, it felt like when I discovered the like 90 early nineties kayak guys that were just like, Hey, you know what? We want to get better and we're all crazy enough to go do this together. So like, you know, it got better. I, I think that was the first, that's like the first forming of it as far as rafting as I've been able to find on the internet. That was our, our hope kind of. So what the first rafting movie that I ever got to watch, um, geez, I might've forgotten what it's called. It was about guys in Washington. Okay. And it was a lot of cat boaters. I wish I could remember the name of it, not going feral. But there was a kayak or a rafting movie. It was mostly Idaho stuff, as I recall. And it was all cats and they called it going feral. And that's pretty rough, like late 80s, early 90s footy. Um, but cool, you know, and pioneering. And then uh, I, I just wish I could remember their names. But some of the the guys that preceded Dan McCain and Jeff Compton and Aaron Erdrick and Robert Delgado, those, the, the PNW crew guys now, um, man, what's their names? There was a group of guys who made that, who made a movie based up there. And um, then of course, Aaron Erdrick kind of did his own thing. Dan and Jeff kind of branched out and took it their own thing. Um and so those guys were a big inspiration for us. And we just wanted to keep documenting the evolution of rafting and, and do our best to make a, a kayak style like the old lunch video magazine DVDs is what I grew up on my, my carnage reels and my river, river porn, as they say, you know, was the LVMs. Yeah. I was and so we, we just kind of wanted to make one for rafting. Yeah. I was trying to, I was, I was like racking my head as I was talking to remember lunchbox. It just like, wasn't clicking in my head. But that's exactly Having the same problem. Yeah, yeah. The um, um, but the lunchbox guys. That's what it felt like. Like watching those guys um, in their early days doing that while you guys were trying to do that. And um, here's a plug: if you haven't watched the Yaw movie, the links in the bio. You can go and buy it and support these guys and check out a really cool uh, um, rafting movie. So there's your first plug. I'll I'll just keep plugging it over and over again. <laughs> yeah, uh, thank you. But, um, and then, so you guys, it, it, and that's what you guys wanted to do, but how did the idea start and like, it kind of start rolling. So eventually you guys were like, Hey, you know, we bought the plane tickets. Like this is happening. Like how did the, how did that all come together? You know, the, the short and sweet of it, I, I think, or at least we tried is, is in the movie. And what we, you know, when Tony and I met in 2016, we thought, we want to run the, you know, these runs that have, have been at the end of our rainbow forever and reach our goals. And if we're going to do that stuff, we want to document it and get footage of it just to have, you know, if I'm going to go do this stuff, I'd like to have photos and videos and, um, you know, for memories and proof and, and whatever. 
and um, we both were just kind of starting to poke around about getting sponsored, et cetera. And we knew when we met and when we first discussed this in 2016 that, hey, the, the first thing we're going to need here is to get a lot better. You know, we're doing gore, but we don't want to make a movie about gore. So we knew like both of us, we, we, what we had in common, the central thing we had in common was we wanted to get better. We weren't sure exactly how we would go about that. We knew we needed a crew. And so as that came together in um, 2017 and, you know, by the time boating season 2018 rolled around, we had some sponsors working with us and um, we bought some cameras and thought, you know, we could make a movie. We could, we could try and make it's coming together. You know, things were working out good. Uh, we were getting uh, 80, 100 days in those years and feeling like, hey, we're getting better. And, um, you know, the next step probably would be to find people better than us and usurp their knowledge. And so that's when we, that's kind of when we knew we need to go to Washington. You know, we, we'll try to get these guys to come to us, but they have the Mecca of waterfalls and they're all kind of stationed up there. So we need to go up there and those guys are all, um, at least have always for me been very gracious and helpful and welcoming and, um, you know, see guys that are easy to trust on the river. And um, so, yeah, that's, that's kind of, it just, we talked about it. We didn't know if it would ever come to fruition. It started to over a couple of years. And that's when we thought, all right, now's the time we're young. We're in kind of in the zone on skills. Let's, let's do it. You know, and in my, I think in hindsight, we'd probably all agree that we set unrealistic timelines um, but, but it ended up kind of be working out anyways, because if, even if we had made a two or three year plan, it was going to get wrecked by COVID. Oh yeah. Which it did, you know? So, um, yeah, that's uh, just kind of how we got to the point of starting it. Awesome. Um, what was your, uh, what was your favorite part of that movie for you? It could be, you know, the trip down there, it could be a certain run. Uh, what was your favorite part of putting that all together as luck would have it um of, you know a couple weeks after i bought my plane tickets and a couple weeks before our, we were going to take off like 10 days 12 days before i had to get my wisdom teeth removed at the age of 32 you know so i was like well I, that's fine i'll be good to go to ecuador in a couple weeks on the dentist was like no I advise you to not go drink jungle river water with these open wounds in your mouth. I don't think that'll work out very well. And I had got dry sockets and had a lot of pain. So I didn't go to Ecuador or that might've been my favorite part. Those guys really loved it. Um, going to Washington and getting to boat with Robert and Aaron and Jeff and Dan and, and um, run run those famous runs was good but I, my favorite part for sure would be exploring Colorado just because I've been living here for eight years and drooling over these runs Lake Creek and and whatever you know Yule which didn't even make it in the movie in time but um just just kind of finally been driving by some of these runs for years and wanting to run them and finally getting to do that and 
I really took an interest in the filming part of it. You know, it's a lot of work, but I thought it was fun to pull over and get the camera out and shoot the rest of the team coming through and um, editing. It's not as fun aspect, you know, the more you do it, the less fun it is, but um, I, 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 I like that. I like the, I like the filming aspect of it. I like the, um, I had been, I had been, I like the hiking up the mountain part of it and the doing your own logistics and scouting part of it, um, which can, it can be tiresome and frustrating at times, but I guess, and, and now that I've done it, I have a better appreciation for concrete boat ramps where there's a bar five minutes away, <laughs> but I, I've been really hungry for adventures like that for years, you know, getting out hiking your stuff up, earning your turn kind of, and, and going on a true adventure where you've done your, your homework and your scouting, but you don't really know how it's going to go. Um, that getting to do some true adventuring like that, I think I needed that just as a person. That's, that's a, a great perspective because as you know, we talked, I talked to like other boaters and stuff like that. And we always talk about like, it seems out west they end up talking to me about like multi-day trips and like their adventures is in rowing and um even kevin who's hanging out around there somewhere um talks about like his multi-day trips and and stuff like that and and selfishly i haven't got to experience that over here in the southeast but what you just talked about is a different kind of adventure that i i love like you know you're talking about scouting it you you, you actually get to hike up the mountain you probably have done it multiple times before you even do the run. Um, and you're just like trying to figure it out. And, and I mean, growing up with my dad, we're driving down the road and there's, you know, if it's, it's pouring outside, it's like, Hey, do you think you could like run that? Like, what are, do you think there's enough water in there? Those are like questions that we, I grew up asking on the side of the road with my dad, like that's questions that, uh, that you got to do. And then you got to go put it on film. When I, you know, for me, before I ever did any whitewater, as, as a kid, you know, I really had, was let down by going to the rim of the Grand Canyon. All I really wanted to do, all I wanted to know was what's down there around the corner in the river. I want to go down there. I want to, that li that's the place for me down there. I really don't like heights. So doing waterfalls is like the kind of forced exposure to them that I can succeed in, you know, the adrenaline kicks in and it's two or three seconds and you don't have a choice, but I don't, I'm not super stoked on like hanging off a ledge or rock climbing or any of that stuff. Some of the, the stuff that you have to rappel down into that, those are going to be challenges for me. Scouting Yule Creek at times was, was challenging for me because it's, there's some sketchy elements to that, but that that's been my favorite part of river life this all the way around is the, the adventure aspect of it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, every day, even to go back to the Ocoee, it's not the same, it's not the same river. It's not the same trip. There's something new happening. Um, but like when you do get a first, first trip down a new river, uh, it's really cool. Um, even if it's something like, like I did the Nantahala, I rode the Nantahala the, uh, last summer and I thought that was awesome. Nice. Yeah. Uh, it was a new challenge and it was a new adventure and it was like hey is this river even deep enough for me to even try to row this but uh it worked and it was a lot of fun 
that's the essence of it for me. And, um, I, you know, I, I'm not complaining about it. I, we have, I think some of the guys have a, the reputation for being crazy, crazy rafters, you know, but I get, I have maximum stoke for a new river. That's class three, any, any new, it, I am not just gnar obsessed. I'm not going to deny that I'm gnar obsessed, but you know, going back to the Okoe after eight years, that was special. And like you said, every trip with a new partner in the boat, circumstances, you know, it's never the same. And uh, that's truly what I love about rivers and, and all rivers. We just did the North Fork of the Pooter last week in Duckies. It's class two with a couple, maybe, maybe class threes, you know, little class threes and uh, had the best day that you can have, you know, as happy as I could be seeing something I'd never seen before, never really, you know, it's kind of an obscure run. I wasn't sure I'd ever really get to it. And um, that hasn't changed for me. I've always wanted to push the limit, but I've never had a bad time on the Hiwassee or the lower Okoe. I, I, you know, like you said, overnights, you know, that there's true magic on a good overnight crew where people are gelling night after night and camp life is good. And um, I have full confidence that it'll, it'll always be like that for me. I don't, I don't feel like I'm getting tired of it or, or anything. And I, I do, I think I have a few more good years of running than are left, but I also know the day's coming when I stop that and it does, already doesn't sound bad you know, doing overnighters and running the Okoe where if I swim, I won't be, you know, scared for my life. Yeah. So. Yeah. That was actually, uh, I, I thought of that after I sent you the questions, um, was the, was it going to be a, like a come down question? Like, like after you get so high of, you know, the, how, whatever adrenaline and stoke you have to do to, to do those, those, uh, trips that you're doing, it, that was going to be my question was, man what's it like coming back to the Hawassi so that's great that you still have you know it doesn't Dude, matter it's awesome yeah it's awesome it's as good as it ever was to me it doesn't you know doing doing the guide life and the boat ramps and the customers made me hungry to go out on adventures and the gnar and explore and it's to me it's like yin and yang and the wheel just keeps turning you do the boat ramp life and you crave adventure and then you go get adventure and you're like, dang, I could really go for like a piece of pizza and a boat ramp. Yeah. I, the, the jungle life is sweet, but I'm stoked on a uh, party in a little and wearing shorts and a t-shirt to not two layers of wool under my dry suit. Yeah. Worry about sunscreen and not, uh, the, <laughs> the dry coats and then, and, and all the stuff you guys got to put on over there in Colorado. Uh, yeah, that's uh that's pretty awesome. Um, well, I have a few more. You know, th I the next two questions are are some of the hardest ones that I'm going to ask you. So the first one is, what would you consider your home river? This this is the easy one. The next one's the hard one. You know what? I I I circled this one and because I wanted to give a good answer, and I already feel like I'm not gonna. I don't know. I feel like um, I guided on the Arkansas and I still go run it all the time. And I grew up in Arkansas. So in a way that every time I go to BV or Leadville or wherever, that one kind of feels like home. Uh, Clear Creek's my backyard run. 
right now. Uh, last year before we moved, we, we, you could throw a rock into the Eagle River. And so for a year, that really felt like my home run. When I lived in Winter Park, we had um, a run called the Fraser River, but it's dam controlled and it, or, you know, they, they take a lot of water out of it. So it didn't run. I think that after uh, uh, days of reflection, I think I'm going to go with the Colorado River. And of course, there's so many sections of it. I've got to do the Grand and Cataract Canyon um, I, and, and the upper Colorado Gore Canyon. I think that's my favorite stretch of river. It's not the craziest, but it has some good drops. You know, it's epic and beautiful in there. The train tracks go through there. So you see some trains, but you can moon them if you want. And there's wild mint growing in there. It, it just, it smells like nature. It looks like nature. It, um, I've got worked in there. Some of my greatest beatdowns have been in there, you know, and, and even while we've went and ran much harder runs and come back to Gore Canyon and just gotten it handed to us again. So it's, it's like it, I, and I, you know, I feel like last year, the first day I got back to the Ocoee, I saw a dozen of my old friends and I went and, uh, and shredded R1 and surfed and, so I, I think I want to say it's probably my three home rivers are going to be in this order. Gore Canyon of the Colorado, the Ocoee, and the Arkansas. Nice. I, uh, That's a sheepish way out picking three, but. I mean, the, I mean, so the, I guess these both are tough questions. Like, uh, so, and then how do you pick a favorite? Do you have, can you give me a favorite? Can you give me a favorite from the East Coast and one from the West Coast? How about that? East and West of Mississippi. East Coast, I'm for sure gonna go Ocoee, and West Coast, I'm for sure gonna go with Gore for my okay. favorites. Nice. You know, I will say that I went to the Boatsmith Festival in Northern California, and it was low water. Um, but that that was one of the best weekends of boating that I've ever had. You know, it didn't feel like home, but uh, it's the Smith River there. Okay. Or the North Fork and Middle yeah. Fork and South Fork of the Smith. And um, do you, you can go drink coffee on the beach in Crescent City in the morning and have breakfast. And you can go be on the river by 11. And if, if you had a mind to, you can float back to the ocean. I think, you know, it empties in there. I'm sure it gets alluvial and, and lame at some point. But you're floating through some of the biggest redwoods and um that was a magical time so that was a really hard question for me because i have a feel like i really love um a lot of rivers but if yeah splitting it on the either side of the mississippi i'll, I'll stick with gore and the colorado and then definitely okoe land uh yeah i was uh you know from all the stuff i've learned about you i was kind of wondering what your answer was going to be for that one and so I fully support the Ocoee, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm always glad to hear it get shouted out. Um, what's your uh, – now, what's – narrowing it even down even lower, what's your – one of your favorite rapids to run that just gets you pumped up or, you know, you just have a blast on it every time? Tunnel on Gore Canyon. Okay. Um, the – I think the sweetest run – or rapid that I've run 
and my NAR chasing adventures has been the North Fork of the Crystal River. Okay. They, they number them one through eight. And some of them have like A and B. And that's like the kayaker's name for it. I don't know that I totally agree, but, but we ran one through four. And then there was wood. So we couldn't do the bottom half. But to me, it's all one rapid. You really... Right back, 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 back. Oh, man. And, and that was really sweet. Um, some of the stuff above the big rapids that we ran on Yule Creek, they'd never get credit because there's such huge ones below them. But, man, there's eight or ten rapids above the big four or the bottom four on Yule Creek that if they were anywhere else would be, you know, famous. And they're, they're the – fun to fear factor is a little bit more normal on those, you know, some of them are eight feet, some of them are 20 to 30 feet slides. And those were really, really fun too, but um, they just kind of get wiped from your memory when you go around the big ones. <laughs> yeah. I can see how you, you, you probably forgotten a lot more uh, rapids than uh, a lot of people have seen. Um... Pillow, pillow on the golly. <laughs> how many rapids when you drop into pillow it's like going into the coliseum you yeah, can hear people screaming on the rock you know you can just run the rapid if you want I, for me i always feel disappointed if i don't go touch the rock and get some beer poured on me yeah but i, I just think that running that with an audience and having the chance to hot dog if you want pillow rapids I, it's kind of like the oko you know it's famous and some people probably dismiss it but I just think it's – I've been around a decent amount now, and that's about as fun as you can get. Yeah, I've never been there when uh, the rocks are full. Um, but, like, um, just seeing the the videos. And then, uh, personally, I from the time I was, like, eight to the time I was, I don't know, 20, uh, all my dad talked about was – the golly. He went and ran it when, when I was like seven, eight. Um, he didn't, that wasn't all that he talked, but like, it seemed like it came up in conversation a bunch. We had, a, we've, he, uh, he's got some great stories about how like his, his buddies didn't show up and it was before cell phones. So he had to convince his, his friend to R2 it with him. And he was like, his, his friend was like, I'm not, R, that was when people didn't do that. It was a, you know, 14 foot air. And he's like, I'm not R2 in this. We, this is the golly. We're not doing this. And he's like, we drove seven hours. And uh, so that the pillar rock, we have a cool picture right above, like right when you walk in my house with my dad and his buddy uh, touching it, like, like, nice. it. like uh, you always get, everyone always asks if they stayed in the boat. Like it's a, it's a great picture of them. Um, but yeah, those are, uh, that, that's a cool one. Um, what about, uh, you mentioned lunchbox. What about river mo movies or kayak videos that you used to watch growing up? Hold on one more second. The Yaw movie. We're plugging. I'm plugging. Like, go watch the Yaw movie. Okay. Now you can uh, you can give me uh, any other movie you'd like to to, to watch. Um, I could remember the name of that one that they made DVDs of in Washington. I would shout it out because <laughs> it's cool. But I just it's not coming to me. Um, adventures you know, I, I, I would say I would say there it's like a five minute YouTube video 
and it was the, the one of the main inspirations or the impetus for Yaw the movie. It's called Go Big or Go Home, and it's Dan McCain and Jeff Compton's like highlight reel, kind of. And that that would be my probably my favorite. Um, you know, Aaron Aaron Erdrich's made some really great short short films, if you want to call them that. Um, River movies. And other than that, I mean, geez, I don't know. Other than that, I might have to say Deliverance. Yeah, shout out to Georgia uh, down here. The <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I I actually I I get a kick out of it whenever we go to the Chatuga, and uh, it's like that. Yeah, that's where Deliverance is from. Uh, um, but uh, what about a piece of paddling gear that? Um, Besides, like, paddle and helmet and life jacket, what's something that you bring with you uh, that, like, you recommend anybody bring with them on, on a rafting trip? Waste bag. Waste bag. Great answer. Waste bag. Um, some people disagree or just don't think it's necessary. For me, if we're R2 in the NAR, you're going to wear a waste bag or I'm not going to go with you. You know, if you're not going to wear a bag around your waist where you can help me out if I really need it, then I'll just R1. Okay. You know, and that's, that's, I'm not wearing a waist bag to save my butt. It's in case we swim and the boat's gone. It's for my partner. Yeah. You know, or, or anyone on the river. But if you, so many times when you, someone really needs help quick, you're, you've already left the boat. Maybe you left the boat in a hurry and you left your bag in it clipped to a d-ring or whatever i'm pretty religious uh, about my waist bag and that's that's a piece of gear actually we did the wind um on the last day of last year and i just left mine in the wrong car before shuttle and i've did had a great day but i just felt naked um what about uh uh what kind of paddle do, do you have a do you have a favorite paddle that you have sort of way somewhere i like um i like a little scoop in my blade you know i like a little bend in the yeah. blade some some of the guys that i paddle with that disagree on that for me our wanting is a lot like canoeing yeah. similar like strokes and and um you know you're really trying to work off one side of the boat as much as you can and so I like, a, I think of it kind of like a canoe paddle, you know, all the great best canoers have a little scoop blade and um, the, the guys on the men's racing team, the, the U.S. raft team, they never really wanted to talk to me, but I cornered them a, a couple of times and made them and just eavesdrop on them and stock them around to go race and stuff. And they always had scoop blades. So I thought, you know, I'm going to try that. And um, for me, I feel like it, it improved my paddling a little. I mostly use Sawyer's, um, just like the, the guide stick mm -hmm. or the pro stick. I forget which one they call it, but, you know, it's like the colorful one with the yeah. scoop plastic blade. And yeah, I, I like those a lot better than the more heavy duty flat blade ones. I know you get more power out of those perhaps, but for me, it's, I'm more worried about here and my stuff. finesse. Yeah. And, and yeah. Awesome. Uh, favorite footwear? I just got Astral Hi-Ax this year. Okay. And, um, I'm going to 
give them props and knock them at the same time. I really don't like the brewers or anything. They have no ankle support. And um, I've had two pair of those and the first one shredded in a season and the second one's held up better. But uh, by the time I retired, them, we had holes all in them and the laces were disintegrating. I do love, I've only got a handful of days in these high acts, but they come up the ankle. Yeah. You know, and they have good um, ankle support and they seem to be a little bit better put together to me. I like the, the soul better. So um, this is my third pair of Astrals and I'm super, so far I'm super stoked on them. See how long they last. I've seen um, people, I used to really love these Choco boots, but they quit making them. I liked those 510 water things, but they quit making them. My friend Josh had some really sweet and beefy Adidas water shoes and they quit making. Them. So it's, you know, it's really not a lot of choices that I yeah. know of. Yeah, there's not. Uh, um, I know that I've thrown on a pair of like old basketball shoes and just tied them really tight and there's your ankle support. But then like your foot's completely covered, like, uh, and it actually has like a good padding on the bottom if you actually hit like a sharp rock or anything. But um, most of the time, I just wear chacos because I'm over I here. never wore shoes until I moved out here. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, back there, the rocks are smooth and the water's warm. And then you get out here on Clear Creek and you're like, whoa, there's none of these rocks are smooth. In fact, they're all blast rock from when they made the interstate. So they're sharp as they can be. And you just, you don't even want to stub your toe on them or walk around on them. So. I do miss the days of just wearing Chacos, but that's like low water August Browns Canyon style now. Gotcha. Um, after the river, uh, do you enjoy a, a favorite beer or liquor drink? Or there? You know, when it comes to beer, I'm not as hip as most Coloradans. I just I think I have an Arkansas palate still. I don't like IPAs or anything, so I'll, I'll drink whatever you got. Gotcha. You know, I'll drink an IPA, but I won't pick it out. And you throw me a Bush Light or a PBR or whatever. I really don't care. You yeah, know? I, have a, I have a yes or a no. That's my categories of beers. Yes, I'll drink that again. No, I won't. Yeah, I'm for, yeah same here. And it's about 90% yes. <laughs> I like a good, uh, I'll, I'll shout out River Runners on the Arkansas River. They make a killer margarita and they make a rum runner which i believe they call a river rummer a river rummer i like that if you drink half your river rummer and fill it back with a pbr i think that's the best river drink you can <laughs> that's awesome i i need i'll check those out those guys out uh they're a good company and they have a sweet little bar grill sandy beach right on the river it's pretty primo that's awesome um all right another tough question east coast or west coast rafting which uh if I, if I said you had to choose one to do the rest of your life which one are you picking if i could if i don't got to stay on one side of the mississippi yeah you can't cross the mississippi i'm going west for sure gotcha run my little micro creeks in the state of arkansas and then i got the whole thing out here and like you said um i love back east yes. I, I love it and i hope that um, all my Appalachian friends won't disown me for picking the West, but there's not enough variety there. No, hardly any overnighters. Yeah. You know, if you've done the Grand Canyon or the Middle Fork Salmon or the Illinois, there's just too much. There's too, too many canyons out here, man. And, you know, I feel like 
I don't know which side of the Mississippi has a better NAR diet, but to me, there's a more complete, all the food groups are here. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's a, a bigger portion, but uh, uh, I hope that nobody gets too upset with you at that answer. But uh, I'm I not. love them both, and I'm, I'm crossing the Mississippi <laughs> later this year. Don't try and stop me. <laughs> um, what about uh, like pump up songs when you go to the river, or what do you listen to, you know, on a long float or something like that? Man, I'm not going to do good on this one. I, I'm never the person who brings the waterproof speaker and it's i'm too high strung to be the dj yeah you know i just can't take it it's too many <laughs> try to please everybody you know and um i love music it was probably one it was probably my biggest passion before i found the river um but it's like beer you know it's a yes or a no for me and i'll say yes to just about all of it awesome and, and so whatever you know i i can do oldies i can do some of the i don't know i don't do like techno maybe really but there's like they have uh the kids call it chill hop you know i could do some electronic stuff where you get in the zone i like a lot of classic rock i like my morning jacket that's some of my favorite get pumped up music yeah i can jam to that that's that's better than i thought i'd do on that question so i'll leave it at that <laughs> yeah um all right, so I've got uh, I've got two questions left for you. I know I'm running out of time here. I, it's fine. I got I got I know, okay. no rush. All right. Um, so two questions. Um, first one is is do you have any tips for anyone who's interested in getting into whitewater rafting uh, privately or as a guide, um, or I guess for you stepping it up, like for somebody who's only guided on a two or three, what's What's some tips that you'd, you'd have for somebody trying to get, you know, more into whitewater? Training, take a, take a swift water course. Um, I think that there's a wide world of swift water instructors. So take two, you know, get, get a couple perspectives on it. And what you learn in that class, if you take a swift water level four in the spring, try and practice everything you did in the fall practice practice your rescue stuff um you know i didn't always heed this advice and i would have been better off if i did but just take you know gradual if you have too many scary crappy river days it's going to dampen your stoke you know so we call it class fun yeah you should do what's fun if it's not to me you doing yule creek once was really fun and running the North Fork of the Crystal is really fun. If I'm not, I don't, if it's not, if I don't think it's going to be fun, I'm not probably going to go do it. You know, so to me, the path to stepping up and um, a guy that, that tried to be patient and teach me to kayak named Jeff West was really good about, about saying, man, you, you'll become a class five boater on class three rivers. You don't go hone your skills on rapids that can really mess you up. You, you get, you prepare for class fours by running class threes. You, you prepare for class fives by running class fours. So, um, you know, to me, there's not a better place to train than the Okoe. I agree. And that, that, that's what I would say. Don't, don't practice. Stepping it up and practicing it are separate things. First you practice, then you step it up. Don't try and 
get your practice in while you're stepping it up. Yeah. And a crew. You need a team. Just like like you said earlier, um, you know, uh, have a group of people that, you know, are similar skill and and you kind of help each other, push each other. You practice. Yeah. That's the only way you can practice that stuff is if you have a, you know, group of people that are down to, to, to do that. Like everybody's not down to catch every eddy as you go down the river or something like that. Uh, some people just, hey, look, this is my Saturday. I just want to run it and, you know, drink some beers. Right. And um, something we've been talking about lately too is different we we're talking about this in the ducky trip the other day is i think that you it's beneficial and i i'm guilty of i'm a creature of habit pretty bad but i i think you know if you if you have the luxury of r2 and r1 in rowing maybe getting a ducky or a kayak different ways of getting down the river make you look at the river differently and so I, I think the best thing for any kind of boater is use different crafts now that'll get you out of your comfort zone which is is a key one of the keys to progression that's a that's another great answer um i couldn't agree more that's one of my goals this summer is to learn how to or better um yeah um it's something different i found my dad's old ore frame I don't know how long it'll last, but I mean, I'll go give it a shot. And uh, it's a completely different view sitting in the middle, controlling the whole boat than, you know, telling other people what to do and stuff like that. Yep. Uh, all right. So my, uh, before we ask, I asked the last question, uh, do you have anybody you want to give a shout out to? Uh, anybody who, uh, who we didn't talk about yet um, before I ask my final question? I will shout out everybody at Downriver Equipment. Um, and I will, you know, obviously it's because they sponsor us, but when, when you're wrecking gear at the pace that we do sometimes, you know, personally, I couldn't afford to just keep buying new stuff all the time. But what I love about them is something we've been talking about is, you know, they have a class where you can go learn how to cook meals for overnighters, how to pack efficiently for an overnighter. Uh, they'll have a rendezvous where you can just come together and everyone that shops at DRE or hangs out there can come and you'll meet other boaters. You can meet boaters with your skill level and interest. You know, for me, so many people buy gear and then they sell it because they don't have anyone. What you need is people to go with. Yeah. If you're going to be safe and those guys donate a lot. Um, and they do to me, they, do better work than anyone else I'm aware of at making a community and keeping it together. And I just really, I'm just such a huge fan of that. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's on my, uh, list of places to check out next time I go to Denver is, uh, to check that store out. Um, they have the Boatman's hall of fame, which one day I will sneak back there and hang my picture up. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah. Um, I think if, you know, if you guys keep running that stuff, they, I mean, you gotta, you, you, they're going to have to put you up there somewhere, but a lot of those guys from the seventies have mustaches that I'm just not capable of yet. So <laughs> I, I got to keep running hard stuff and get, get my mustache better. Um, but all right. So my last question is uh, we're around a campfire. You're around a campfire. Everybody's telling their story. What's, what's your go-to, you know, story for somebody that hadn't heard it yet or, somebody you just met and you know you're on overnight and everybody's swap, swapping stories that you can tell on the radio uh, <laughs> on the podcast <laughs> uh that, that's 
that's going to eliminate a lot of them. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I, that's, a, that's a great question. That might be my favorite question, and I don't know that I have a ready-made answer. I'm sure that some of my cohorts have embarrassing stories come into their mind that they would tell on me. I think the, the, one of the coolest things that we've done, you know, it was, was Yule and there's not really a gauge on it. So me and Casey Vandenbrook, uh, a, a great friend of mine and a, just a great boater. Um, you know, we went and kind of did that mission and, and we hiked in there every day for five days. We took all our gear up in a wheelbarrow. And if you, you consider the gradient of that Creek, then you can easily imagine how steep the dirt road that goes next to it is. And um, he brought some, some really good friends out and they helped us get the wheelbarrow up there. We lowered the boat down the side of the cliff and stashed it in some trees right on the river and just tied it up. And we went back and checked the level the next four days. And um, the year before, some of it's in y'all, we had went and hiked in from the top of Yule and um it's a little trespassing involved so i don't think you should just go do that willy-nilly but if somebody's really keen on doing that they can message me online and i can share with them a phone number and some beta but uh man we when you we hiked in from the top we were walking on a snow dam over the creek and so we're probably standing looking down like 60 feet at the water running under the snow we're standing on we're like man we're on top of a six or seven story building worth of snow in the middle of June, <laughs> walking over a river in shorts and a t-shirt. And it's, uh, it's just all very bizarre that just that everything about that little zone, Marble, Colorado, it's mind blowing. There's a marble quarry up there, which you definitely want to tread lightly on quarry property, but um, you know, and I, I feel like I'm not telling a very good story. I wish I'd prepared better for that one. All right. We'll have you back on some other time. Yeah. Next time you can't find guests, I'll meditate on that. Yeah. Well, um, where can everybody find you at? Instagram, Facebook? Do you have a YouTube? I have a YouTube. I haven't really developed it. I started a YouTube channel to provide a way for people to watch the videos that don't like Facebook or Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, but the more I looked into it, the more I realized that YouTube was equally as evil and domineering as Facebook or Instagram. So I kind of just let it fall by the wayside. I'm on Instagram at Joel the James and I'm just Joel Wimblad on Facebook and, you know, everyone's welcome to follow me. And I try to respond to as many comments as I can. I'm stoked on talking to um all members of the community, you know, nar or not, I, I really don't care. I'm just, that's what I, that's why I love social media is because my feed is almost like 90% voters, yeah. you know? And so I, I don't, I don't have a, I don't think I have a, like a toxic feed that I scroll through every time I scroll through my feed, I'm like mind blown by how awesome life can be. And so if, if you're out there and you need some positivity and rad stuff in your feed, follow me no political stuff, just, just goodness. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, I appreciate you, uh, you joining me. Um, and I hope to get to meet you in person, like everybody else I've get to talk to over Zoom over this COVID. Um, Kevin's been bothering me to go over there. Um, come out, man. 
Yeah. Um, I'd love to. And, uh, but until next time, I hope everybody remembers to uh, tip, tip their guide and uh, I'll see you downstream. Tip your everybody, go to y'all the movie.com. Movie. One more time. We just made a thousand dollar donation to American Whitewater. And if people keep buying it, we'd be stoked to make another one. Appreciate everybody's support. Maybe I'll see you back east this fall. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs>